God, you are so good. Let's just do that unto the Lord for just another moment. Oh, God, we love you, Jesus. We place our life in your hands, Jesus. We want you to mold us, Jesus. We want you to shape us, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke 18, verse 1. Praise God. I almost feel like we can give an altar call right now. There's some good preaching up here. These ladies did a wonderful amen. amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, Luke 18, 1 says, And he, being Jesus, spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Praise God. I'll do my best to uh, get out of the way so Brother Pleo can come and preach. I just, I just ask a few moments of your time. My title tonight, The Danger of a Fermented Prayer Life. The Danger of a Fermented Prayer Life. Would you put your Bibles down and lift your hands and ask God to have his way today? Lord, you are so good. God, I pray that my lips are clay in your hands, Jesus. Lord, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth are straight from your lips, Lord. God, I wish that my thoughts are your thoughts, Jesus. God, I pray that if there's anything in this service that will get in the way of these people hearing your word, even myself, Lord, I pray that you remove it right now in the name of Jesus. We give you all glory. We give you all praise. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Jesus. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of, play, hand clap of praise as you're seated. Praise God. In the northwest region of Alaska, people in these villages, they will go out and whale hunts. And if somebody goes out and harvests a whale, many in the village will come to help harvest, cut up, split the whale among the village. It's amazing. If you see any of the footage of these whale hunts, of all these people from the village coming to harvest this whale, you see them in sub-zero temperatures, rolling their sleeves up, steam coming from their head, and it's just, it's just amazing that they're out in these temperatures, these freezing cold temperatures, and yet they seem it doesn't bother them one bit. I found out a few years ago that what they do is they take seal meat and they will bury it in the ground and they'll let it ferment. And it's, has anybody, has anybody tried it, fermented seal meat? Just curious. No. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are braver than I am, amen. So what happens is this meat is in the ground and it sits and it sits and it grows bacteria on it and it ferments. And what happens is when the person ingests the seal meat, what I've been told is it's like an instant buzz as if they're drinking alcohol. The same fermentation process you can see in alcohol like wine, uh, spirits, which is an amazing word that the world chose for alcohol, spirits, right? Excuse me, but it also numbs their senses to the cold. So when you see these people out on whale hunts, you see them and it seems impossible that they're out there in these sub-zero temperatures and they're, they just seem unfazed. It's because of this fermented seal. It numbs their senses. When Jesus was on the cross, he spake and he said, I thirst. A Roman soldier, which I believe... He had genuine pity for the Lord. He offered him gall mixed with vinegar. This drink, too, went through a fermentation process, and it was used as a painkiller. It was put in Jesus' mouth, and he immediately spit it out because he knew it would tarnish 
the sacrifice. He knew that he would have become he would have ceased to become the spotless lamb of God. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Talking about Jesus. Jesus became sin for us. He died on that cross. And it's just like the world to numb our senses to sin. Amen. The world is trying to give us this elixir that's trying to dull our senses to the severity of sin. It's trying to tarnish our view towards sin. It's trying to make take the pain away that is associated even with just a little bit of sin. It's just like the world to give us this. So our eyes are clouded that our, our, our perception of sin is tainted. Amen. This fermentation process, it takes time. It requires us to leave this product alone for some period of time. If we leave it alone long enough, it will grow bacteria on it, and it will have a completely different effect on our body than if it were fresh. If we leave our Bible and our prayer life alone, it too will become fermented. It too will grow foreign objects on the inside of it, and it will take effects on our lives that it never had intentions to. It, it, if, if our prayer life just sits there and ferments, it will have a completely different effect on our lives. Amen? That's why people who haven't prayed in weeks or months, they're afraid to pray. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to cast stones. I'm not trying to point any fingers. I myself, I've been in this position. I've been in this place where I just didn't pray and didn't pray and didn't pray. And the, and the, the longer I went... The more afraid I was to pray, the, the less I wanted to pray because I didn't want to present myself to God and say, God, I, I know I haven't spent months in your presence, but here I am. Deal with me. I know that feeling. I know, I know the words that the devil uses against you. And he says, you, you're not even worthy to be in the presence of God. Come on, I, I know that feeling. I, I've heard those voices. I know exactly how you're feeling, but I'm telling you, friend, if you just make up your mind, if you just come to the presence of God, if you just seek the throne of God, he will in no wise cast you out. Praise God. Genesis 3.9, the Lord called unto Adam and said, where are you? God knew where Adam was. He knew he was hiding. It's like God was saying, Adam, I'm here. I'm in the place where we've been meeting for years. The place that we spent time talking to each other. But what happened? What, why aren't you here? Why, aren't you, why haven't you come to talk with me? You see, sometimes sin keeps us from praying. But prayer will always keep us from sinning. Amen. Sometimes self-condemnation keeps us from praying. Where prayer will keep us from condemnation. Okay. Sometimes it's, it's, it's just us becoming weary and well-doing. Sometimes I look around and I see people with, with very good intentions, with very good hearts, but it just seems like there's a, a weariness upon them, just a tiredness upon them. <laughs> Some of us become tired because we're, we're doing the will of God unto the Lord and not through the Lord. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ. It doesn't say for Christ. It says through Christ. Luke 18.1 says, we ought always to pray and not faint. This word faint means grow weary, weary, excuse me, or tired. Whatever the reason is, Jesus still said that man ought, ought to pray. 
And this isn't just men in general. This is mankind. mankind. It says that we ought to pray. In the Greek, this word ought means it's necessary. This is not a suggestion. It is necessary for us to pray always. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be an expert in this field. I know I'm not an expert in this field. But this is just what the Word of God says. That we are to always pray, for it is necessity. For in due season we shall reap what we sow. Praise God. I just want to encourage you today. If it's been a while since you've sought the throne of God... If it's been a while since you've been, if since you genuinely spoken to God, I've got good news for you, friend. Now is the right time to pray. Right now, this very moment is the right time to pray. If it's been a while since you've sought God, if it's been a while since you've been on your knees and put your hands together and prayed unto God, there's no better time than right now to seek God. Amen. If you feel like you're not ready to pray. Or if you feel like you're not ready to come to this altar, I'm telling you, there's no better time to come to this altar. There's no better time to make this altar your home. There's no better time to seek the face of God. God is waiting upon us. Amen. If it's your past, if it's the feelings that you have, I want to remind you, Luke 7 verse 37 says, And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her, heart, of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. This, this woman, the Bible says, is a sinner. He, here's Jesus. He's probably right in the middle of a teaching session. This man, this Pharisee, comes to Jesus and he says, Would you please come to my house? Just please come into my house and have supper with me. Jesus is here, and this woman gets word of it. I've got to go see Jesus. Uh, it doesn't matter what's been in my past. It doesn't matter what the world calls me. It doesn't matter if the Bible itself calls me a sinner. I've got to see Jesus. It doesn't matter what he's doing. I've got to get in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. And it didn't face Jesus one bit. It, Jesus, he was just laying there as if, or sitting there as if nothing was even happening. <coughs> but Mary fell at his feet and she worshipped. She poured out her oil unto the Lord. This oil was very costly. It cost very much for this box of oil, money-wise. It was very expensive according to the world. Amen. But Mary understood it didn't even come close to the Lord's worth. Amen. It was a very, it, it's a very common saying, time is money. Amen. Much time is wasted on job sites all around the world. Much money is wasted on the job sites all, the, all around the world. How much time is the Lord worth, friend? How much time are you willing to spend with the Lord? Amen. Just, just a few minutes at the altar. If you think you can just come here and just, just get a small splash from the Lord, I'm telling you, our senses have been tainted. Our prayer life has been fermented. Amen. I, I want to warn you of the dangers of a fermented prayer life. If, if you just come to this altar, if you just spend more time with the Lord, I promise you, God will wash you. He will cleanse you. And those, and those wonderful words, Lord, 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. The more time you spend with the Lord, the more time you spend in prayer, I'm telling you, God will do that very thing for you. He will cleanse your thoughts. He will cleanse the, the intents of your heart. Amen. Praise God. I just want to tell you, uh, I'm, I'm soon to close, Brother Pleo. If you think there's not enough room in this altar, if you think this altar just, just doesn't have enough room for you, if you feel like your spirit has been crippled, if you feel like your spirit has been broken, and you don't deserve to be here, Mark 2, verse 3, And they came unto him, being Jesus, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four, or carried of four, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, this is the crowd. When they couldn't come close to him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Hallelujah. Friend, I'm telling you, there's always room at this altar for you. There's always time available for you to seek the throne of God. What they did with this man is they brought him to the feet of Jesus. Just like Mary, when she brought her ointment, she brought it to the feet of Jesus. Friends, I'm telling you, there's always room at the feet of Jesus. There's always time for the feet of Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. I want to repeat that. Ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friend, I'm telling you. These altars are welcoming you. These altars are calling for you. Amen. If you feel like you just can't make it up here. Oh, friend, I'm telling you. If you just spend a little bit of time. Just a moment of the time. Just a moment of time in the presence of the Lord. It's going to be worth it all. Amen. You're going to have a renewed spirit. God will change you. God will take you to those places where you wish you were. God will take you to those places where you've been before. Maybe you're not there right now. But I'm telling you, friend. Just a moment in the presence of the Lord is all it takes. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Psalmist said, all that's within me. Not just part of me. All of me. We're to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Anything less than that. Well, you fill in the blank. I don't think God likes that. I'm reading from the book of Daniel, chapter number one. Thank you, Brother Walter. Just a small portion in verse number eight. I'm too loud. You just wave your hands. I don't, seems like it's way too loud up here. I don't know if it's too loud back there. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. 
just the help of the Lord he purposed in his heart. It's an unknown quote. I don't know who said it. He said, the purpose of life is a life of purpose. Daniel purposed, and Webster gives us this idea of what purpose means. It means to have intention, to have resolution, to have determination. When you set one sight, do it with intent to be done. In other words, Brother Larry said, do it with intentional, Amen. intentionally, to have something set upon to attain. In 1 and 8 of Daniel, the CEB says it like this. I believe Sister Pyle has that. It says that Daniel decided that he wouldn't pollute himself. The NIV, I don't believe you have that, says that Daniel resolved. And the CEV and the Amplified both say that Daniel made up his mind. Often we use Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's so much more than the casual phrase, I think. How many times have we each said that? Probably even today. I think. I think. I think. What do you think? It's much more than that. Proverbs 23.7 is, it's, it's much more than just a casual word. It's much more than a casual phrase, but it's a phrase that has purpose. Yeah, right. It's a phrase that has intent, Brother Robert. It's to be resolved. It's to be determined. And as we are resolved and as we are determined in our heart, then we are what we say we are. Because I've resolved, therefore, I do necessary things for it to be so. It's more than just me saying that. I need to repeat that. It's more than just me saying it, Brother Larry. Sister Mary, it's more than that. It's more than, than just the casual phrase. But it's, I'm saying it with purpose, with intent to fulfill it. And see it fulfilled in my lifetime. Daniel purposed in his heart. 1 and verse 8. Long before he was thrown into a den of lions. For the individual who thinks I'll make up my mind when. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way, child of God. It's when I purpose in my heart. I have intent to make heaven my home, Sister Christine. I desire it more than anything in this world. So therefore, I will do what's necessary to make it. You can't persuade me otherwise. I cannot be pulled aside and distracted, per se. But I have intent. I have a desire within me to make it. In Daniel's heart, which was purposed, got him through the lion's den. Whether it was what they ate or drank, which was the original purpose in verse 8. 
whether or not it was who would bow down and who they would bow down to. His prayer was consistent. Daniel was a man of consistency, meaning that his actions and his behavior and his characteristics, they mimicked his thoughts, his words, his decisions, his declarations, his desires, his intents. How often do we hear, I want to make heaven my home, yet actions do nothing to say differently. John F. Kennedy said this. He said, efforts and even courage are not enough without purpose and direction. I have, I'm afraid to say, often, Elder Churchill, I am going to do this and do something different. I'm ashamed of that. I believe that I should start holding myself accountable to those things. It's not pastor's fault if I break a fast. It's not Sister Herring's fault that I stopped reading my Bible as I had vowed before the Lord set up in, in action. Hold myself accountable. Henry Ward Beaker, I have no idea who that man is, but he said a Christian is nothing but a sinful man who has put himself to school for Christ for the honest purpose of becoming better. That's what it's all about, brother. That's what it's all about, sister. It's about becoming better. It's about being more like Jesus. It's about getting closer to Him and drawing near to Him and hearing His voice when He speaks to us. Because it's just like the Garden of Eden, friend of mine. He's out there, he's wandering, and he's saying, where are you, Sister Tina? Where are you, Brother Toasted? Where are you, Brother Colin? He knows where we are. But he wants to know, do you? Do I know where I'm at? Not where I should be. It's silly for us to think that the Lord will overlook my lack of purpose. He won't do it. There's an unknown, another unknown quote that says, to forget one's purpose is the commonest form of stupidity. Let that sink in for just a second. There's more purpose than just saying, well, I made it to church just before 7 o'clock, Pastor Aaron. Yeah. Withstood the horrible preaching that Brother Playo just, the loud microphone, whatever it may be, I believe that, that there is a time, and time is now, when everything that we do, we do it with purpose. Everything that I do, I do it with purpose. When I open up my Bible and I begin to read, come on, somebody hear me today. It's not just I'm trying to fulfill three chapters and that's it for today. But when I sit down and begin to read and open up the Word of God, there's got to be a purpose for this. It's His Word. It's God incarnate. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When I come, even if it's just for a moment, Brother Walter, 
to this altar, or it's kneeling at my pew, or it's before the service finding a place, a little corner. Prayer has got to be more than just prayer. It's got to be prayer with purpose. It's got to have intent. Otherwise, Sister Christian, all we do is just go through the motions. So all I do is just go through the motions. David said, is there not a cause? 1 Samuel 17, verse 29. You see, he didn't just all of a sudden decide that when he showed up there and he saw all those cowards running and hiding as Goliath showed himself. Said that they were in the battle and it would be a raid and they would come out and go through the motions. Do you hear what I said? They went through the motions. David showed up and he said, I ain't going through the motions. You guys can stand in formation all you want. You can look the part. You can act the part. But I've come because I serve a living God. And I don't know who that guy is out there. But my God is bigger. David had a purpose long before a battle with Goliath. David had a purpose when he was all by himself out in the fields and he's talking to the Lord and writing sweet songs and he's just doing what he should be doing, learning about sheep because God was preparing him to be the greatest shepherd that man had ever known. A bear, a lion, nothing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't all of a sudden decide to have purpose when the fiery furnace is being cranked up. Hey, you better, they're playing the flutes and the harps and they're beating the drums and doing all that and everyone's bowing down. Why are you not bowing down, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Well, you see, somewhere back when we left our country and we became slaves, we still did not turn ourselves over we're, we're in a foreign country, but we're, we're still children of the king. They purposed long before a fiery furnace. Paul purposed long before he said, I have fought a good fight. How about somewhere along the way in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 28. You think he all of a sudden decided, I think I'm going to do it with everything within me? When it starts talking about being scourged, not just once, but five times, beaten with rods, stoned, shipwrecked, and all of the multitudes of things that happened, long before is when he purposed in his heart. Long before is when he made up his mind. He said, it's time now to make up my mind. I'm going to live for God. I was on the road to Damascus and I had a purpose, I thought. And a light shone bright, brighter than the noonday sun. Smoked down onto his knees. And he said, knowing that he now had an experience with God. Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus. He said, that's all I need. We don't need to take this to the board. We don't need to vote upon it. I don't need a 12-day fast. I don't need none of that. 
I'm going to serve you and you alone. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Fought a good fight. I know you'll get a chuckle out of this. Dolly Parton said, find out who you are and do it with purpose. I think we try to do oh so much as if much doing is a reward. Vince Lombardi said, success demands singleness of purpose. Got to stay focused, church. We got to keep our eyes on the prize. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus. I got to stop getting distracted by what's going on in and around this world. My reward is not in much doing. My reward is having purpose, having intent, and having resolve and desire to serve Him and Him alone. No, God understands my busyness. No, does not. Not unless it's all for Him. So easy to become distracted. I realize that. Reading programs. You know, I started, I wrote that down and I just went, what bothers Brother Joe? That, that reading programs. We got to have something. Uh, they were told that you got to have a goal, you got to have a vision. You should write it down plainly so you can see it when you're running your race. Got to have it without a vision. 2918 Proverbs said, my people will perish without that. But if you have purpose and a vision the world better look out when you begin to write things down this is what I'm going to do and you begin to declare things this is what I'm going to be look out praying with purpose gets answers it's time the generalities of prayer disappear from my life. If you want that, you can, you can just say amen. But just that general God move in the service today. I don't have to wonder if that's the will of God. Of course he wants to move in the service today. But how about specifics? Oh God, turn us inside out. Start with me. Turn me upside down. I, I want to I have such purpose and such clarity becomes contagious. It came from the very heart of Daniel. It became from, from who he was. Matthew wrote it like this, 15 and 8, talking about Jesus. He said, This people draweth nigh unto me with their lips. Right in the middle there. But there was something missing. There's no purpose. Their hearts weren't in it becomes no different than how Jesus compared the sinner to the Pharisee. The Pharisee made his prayers loud and bold and in front of everyone. Look at me. I do. I give. I do. I'm that. And the Pharisee and the sinner could just say, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. He prayed with purpose. I'm not just saying it. I want to make these changes. Anybody want to make changes in their life? I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. 
I'm talking about a change of life, a change of behavior, a change of mindset, a change of who you want to be and where you want to go. Wanna give up on those things. You know what I'm talking about. The things we make excuses for of why we are and why we have not overcome and why we're not victorious over this. I believe if we'll be purposed, I believe if we'll be purpose-minded and purpose-driven, that we can take those things and have victory over them. Whatever it may be. You fill in the blank. It can, be, it can go all the way across the sanctuary. Many different things. It can be. It, it, it just can be. i got to put things in motion though. I can't, Brother Trace, just say it. I now got to do something about it. That's what purpose is. And I believe as we purpose in our heart, and I set those things into motion, Pastor Eric, that it begins to make a change in me. And that change in me cannot just Go and stop. That change says I have to have more change. I have to have more purpose. I have to have more desire, more intent. It comes from my heart. Purpose. Daniel said. He said he purposed in his heart. You'll stand with me tonight. Jump the microphone out, Pastor. I believe it's... If I may, I just can't help myself. You know, he's talking about all this purpose and doing and stuff, you know. I, wanna, I just want a little...